0: I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be a dick. Yeah. I don't see it any other way.
1: Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Hadley e. Armstrong.
0: And I am John Arbre. I think
1: I just mumbled my name. <laughs> it was, it was more clear than it probably sounded it was, in your head. It was a little mumbling. Uh, hi. Uh, Go ahead and just let everybody know that you may hear the air conditioning. And normally I tell this to Ryan, and he's able to fix it. But I'm so uh, nauseated and and hot that if I don't keep the air conditioning on, I'm going to fall over. So
0: yeah, so definitely keep that on. I yeah. have Lily in my lap, so
1: <laughs> I wish my, I wish I wish that is what I was warning. Ryan, about (laughs) yeah, it's. I I actually, (laughs) Coco tripped Pete the other day. Oh, and did he
0: go down or just a stumble? He
1: uh, he almost did. He caught himself on the countertop. He was in the kitchen, and she tripped him, and he was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Uh huh." Now you Uh see. (laughs) I don't even know. There's so much. And
0: there really is so much because normally you and I are in at least moderately regular communication. Yeah. And we haven't been,
1: really. It's, it's been a lot. And, and you, you know a little bit about what has gone on with me, but I don't know very much about what's gone on with you. And um, I'll just...
0: I just know that your, that your foot and your GI issues are fucking with your zen. And it took like five weeks in Paris to find that Zen, and that's that's not okay.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I'm relatively, I'm relatively calm for
0: all things considered.
1: <laughs> all things considered, but I, I said something yesterday about how you know I've been bedridden almost for four days, and but I was finally able to go outside. I actually felt better yesterday, um, at least in terms of being able to eat food. Um, something it's either the old GI issue or a newer issue, which I don't know yet. Cause I'm seeing a, what's called the, the gut whisperer
0: this week. Whoa, 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 wait, what? <laughs> hang, hang on a second. The gut whisperer,
1: the gut whisperer. It's a clinic. It's a GI clinic.
0: So this is not the hot Chilean doctor.
1: No, and I'm so mad about that whole situation. I really do feel like he that was just a complete and utter fucking ruse. Yes, I got a colonoscopy, but then he didn't do any other tests and decided that what I had was irritable bowel syndrome and that in order to fix it, that I had to take these $400 medications. Yeah. There was no other testing done. So he's either being paid by those medications or I don't know, but he didn't do any other testing.
0: It's a really weird, I I do a lot of writing for healthcare and it's a really strange dynamic between physicians trying to balance, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, but trying to balance their own practice and burden and looking at insurance and what insurance will cover or won't cover. And it just, it's, it's a game of everybody Mm -hmm. trying to cover their own ass without focusing on the patient first, in my experience. Yes. And it's, (laughs) it's nuts.
1: Yeah. And I, I know not all doctors are bad doctors and not all doctors are in the, in the pockets of pharmaceutical companies, but the fact that he didn't explore any other further, you know, just because the colonoscopy came back, they didn't do any endoscopy. Um, Which my mother got really sick a couple of weeks ago, and we were really scared. And she's got ulcers. And they found these through an endoscopy after she was screaming at them that she was in so much pain that she couldn't, like... They're like, this is just a virus. And she's like, it's not a fucking virus. She, of course, didn't say the F word. My mother does not enjoy that word. But... uh, Yeah, so I... Last Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was last Wednesday. Yeah, because we hadn't talked about this. He made me some coffee. I, this is going gonna, gonna to sound like it's not relevant, but he makes me a cold press. Like, he, we put it in the refrigerator overnight, and then I do. I push down the press in the morning and have cold coffee. And he didn't tell me that he had bought this really, 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 really strong espresso coffee that he put into the press. Okay. And when I when I pushed down on the press that morning, it was really hard to get down, meaning there was a lot in there. Right. And that was like, "Oh, he put in more than normal." Awesome. And he doesn't understand what a coffee high feels like. A coffee high is very different than another drug high. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Space like, cake, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's um a coffee high. I, I'm sure you drink coffee, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, like when you drink too much coffee, it's it like you're almost sick. Like you're in, you're like jittery, and you're you're like make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. You've like crossed a line that you can't get back over.
0: Oh yeah, when I drink too much, I have this steady feeling of maybe gonna vomit yeah like i'm not going to but it's that feeling in my stomach that makes me not want to eat because it's there yes and my muscles twitch so you know yeah kind of an all around my
1: muscles twitch and like i was like i was having a little blurry vision because i I was so it was rocking my entire body and yeah i'm glad you understand like i was trying to explain it to him and he didn't understand it because he doesn't drink coffee
0: oh he doesn't uh well yeah And it's weird because you could say, well, just drink less coffee. But you kind of, for me, coffee is one of those things where it's really easy to drink too much of it because like, you drink it as you work and you're sitting there and it's not like alcohol where after a couple drinks, you can start to really feel it. It's one of those things where all of a sudden, you're like, oh shit, that was too much.
1: Yeah, and I I feel like, yeah, exactly. I I feel like with a, a coffee, Situation, like you have to get, you have to almost take it too far in order to feel like the effects of the caffeine for me. Like, I can't just have like a couple of sips of coffee and be like, ooh, I'm fine. I'm so up and awake. Like, I have to have the whole cup or a little more than the whole cup in order to, like, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting going. Right. And it's right on the line of, okay, that was too much. And there's no going back after you have too much. So, he did the espresso and i i mean i slammed the whole thing back and within 30 minutes i was like something's happening something's happening something's happening what, what is happening what is happening what is happening <laughs> it was really 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 bad and like i was hyperventilating and i was sweating and i'd googled well i i texted him and i was like dude what happened with the coffee this morning he's like why was it strong <laughs> And I was like, what What? What, ha- what happened with the coffee? He's like, well, that was the espresso that I bought. And I was like, oh, my God. Undo, undo, control Z. <laughs> is, he,
0: is he a tea drinker or does he not drink anything? No.
1: He doesn't really do, like, coffee or tea. And it's not the Mormon in him. You know, he grew up Mormon. It's just that he's never developed a taste or a feeling for it. Huh. So he didn't know. He had no idea. And I was just like, I had to walk around and like walk outside and try to get, I was super hot and dizzy and, and it affected my stomach. I know it did because after that, the, anytime I put anything in my mouth, anytime I had any bite of, of food, it felt like someone was burning my entire stomach with acid, like, with, like, just flames, just flames would just shoot through my stomach. And any, any a bite of food, just a bite.
0: And is it just, like, your gut? It's not, like, esophagus? It's not?
1: No, it was just my stomach, like, my stomach and then, like, right down into my intestines. It felt like somebody was going in there and twisting them as if, like, to dry out a towel. You know, when you twist a towel to get oh, all the yeah. water out, that's what it felt like every time I just even the the slightest amount of food and so uh, and it didn't stop doing that that was Wednesday all day Thursday all day Friday I threw up all Friday night and then all day Saturday I threw up all Saturday night then uh I didn't throw up yesterday and today it's not food it's just a general feeling of nausea
0: just kind of lingering
1: yeah And I'm scared to touch food. I'm so scared because it hurts.
0: And you get to that weird point. I mean, I know this is different than like the stomach flu, but you get to that point where you don't want to eat because you know how eating makes you feel, Mm -hmm. but then not eating starts to make you feel terrible. Yeah. So you're caught. Yeah. Yeah. That's not.
1: So you're caught. Like I'm, I'm starving, right? Saturday night I was just starving and I, I I needed like crackers and something to eat and I put it into my body and I was li- I was lying on the floor in the bathroom just writhing and then I just started puking I know this is lovely this is all lovely to hear but I mean I googled I could, well on top of that I rebroke my foot I I'll see a podiatrist tomorrow to see exactly the diagnosis but um, I know I did because um, of the bruising and because I can't feel any of my toes on my right foot.
0: Yep, that's a good indicator.
1: It's a good indicator. Um, it's extraordinarily painful to walk. and then I had to take my girls to the airport on Friday to their unaccompanied minors to DC to see their father. And I had to walk them through that entire airport and we the to get through security was like an over an hour just standing and moving and standing and moving. And so the compensation on my left foot, even just from walking them through the airport, now all the toes on my left foot are bruised. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you're still sans boot, right?
1: Um, but Yeah, I don't want to put the boot on just yet because I would, I would like to get a professional opinion about everything, which means more x-rays, which means however many more hundreds and thousands of dollars. <laughs> hundreds or thousands <laughs> of dollars. Whatever, I just, I can't walk at this point, and I can't drive. Okay, so, so the, gut
0: whisp- the gut whisper, is that right?
1: The gut whisperer, that's later this week. Okay. Uh, the podiatrist and is tomorrow.
0: Podiatrist is tomorrow, okay.
1: Uh-huh. Um, but it gave me all this time to sit in a, a holiday weekend that I was going to use to organize the shit out of my life, right? Like, I was so excited to have three days to organize things, and I could not walk. I couldn't stand. I couldn't eat. So I did all this research. And do you know what an NSAID is?
0: NSAID? It's a class of medication, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize that ibuprofen is a class of this medication. And apparently they are notorious for upsetting stomachs and burning the lining out of your gut.
0: (laughs) Oh, excellent. So were you taking that for your foot?
1: So here's the thing though, is that my mother used to, and this could probably be why she has ulcers. She used to pop that shit. Like no one's fucking business back in the day. She had sinus problems and she had like, she would take it all the time. She had migraines like crazy. And so I was like, well, if she took it for so long, there's no possible way that it, this could be causing what's happening. But it was, it it was so onset, like it happened after, right after the coffee situation and didn't stop and hasn't stopped since then that it's like, what fucking like set this off? Suddenly I did some research. So my friend Marshall, you can buy 400 milligram caplets, caplets. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little nauseated and dehydrated Uh, capsules, 400 milligram capsules of ibuprofen in the Costco in Canada.
0: What is standard 200? Yeah. Okay.
1: Or 100. I I don't remember. And it's a huge like bulk bottle. So I was (laughs) popping. I was popping two in the morning and then I was popping two in the afternoon when I was in. When I was in France, in yeah, Amsterdam.
0: two of those is probably your max for a day.
1: Well, my mom was prescribed sixteen hundred when she was at the height of her like migraines, and when I got home, I started taking, like, I would I would sort of ver- vary between 800 and 1,600 a day. So that's a lot. I stopped yeah. taking it just just because. Maybe if I stopped that, then it would stop. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. That's, uh, I mean, I think that's probably good to stop taking it anyway. Yeah. But, damn.
1: I read all, I read all these uh, public forums and, you know, bulletin boards about people just, like, screaming about it, about how they hate ibuprofen and all that bullshit because they're in so much pain and doctors won't prescribe them marijuana because it's not legal and they won't prescribe them opioids because they don't want to get them addicted. And so they take, they take an NSAID and throw up for two, for however long they're in pain.
0: And these people are taking it for stomach issues or just in general?
1: No, like for other types of pain, like for arthritis or just I don't, I don't even remember what, what like there. There was somebody who had Crohn's disease, and needed an opioid to sometimes deal with the pain of it, and they won't give it to her. And so, <laughs> Crohn's disease is you know it's basically like a really bad case inside of your gut and in your intestines and your colon. And they're giving her and like something that's going to inflame it right. to try to help it. Yeah. This is all the stuff that I've learned in the last couple of days. So,
0: conducting research on the bathroom floor. <laughs> yeah. See, the problem is you had plans for this weekend, and the universe is the universe is not all about
1: that. No, uh, uh. I did lose my shit, and I smashed a hair thing against the bathtub because I was so mad. I was just so I'm like just a, so tired of you know, like. It was a. It's one of those little clips you put in your hair just to get your hair out of your face. Oh that yeah. that
0: feels better than frozen beef on the ground though <laughs> i mean i guess losing your shit is still losing your shit but you know on a one to ten scale i feel like that's lower
1: yeah yeah i just i just kind of everybody talks about how you know having their health is like better than having you know any any type of wealth and there's there's so much truth to that having, you know, a, a body that functions normally and where you can eat food and walk without being scared that somebody's going to tip you over, you know.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I know there's just countless numbers of people that live with with chronic illness of varying mm-hmm. different kinds and it it is a privilege to be able to walk around and not have to worry about things like that constantly. Right. It's a it's a lot to manage.
1: I have been given, you know, the tiny, 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 tiniest bit of insight into what people with chronic illness and disabilities are facing every day when it comes to, especially those who have disabilities that aren't necessarily visible. My friend has MS, which makes it hard to walk steadily. And she's afraid to sit in like the, there's, on subways and on buses and trains there's like a a seat for like the for the disabled and she's afraid to sit there because, because she doesn't
0: quote unquote look
1: right disabled yeah and they wouldn't let her into a concert we went to a concert one night and they wouldn't let her in because they told her she was drunk
0: because yeah. of how she was walking
1: yes and her oh. husband got so up in that guy's business and they threw and they almost got thrown out forcibly thrown out <laughs> wow but like and i did i don't have any i would never pretend to understand what she goes through on a daily basis when it comes to this but i've gotten just a taste of like just walking through the airport with my kids and being so people just rushing by me and pushing me and shoving me and like making like i didn't (laughs) i was just oh yeah just trying my hardest just to remain calm
0: Right. Well, it's things like that. Like I know if I, if I'm going to be late for a flight, I can run to Mm -hmm. get there. Like you couldn't, your friend with MS probably couldn't. Mm -mm. So that's something that you have to be constantly aware of. And it's something I think you don't normally consider until like in your, like until you break your foot and you realize, wow, all of these things are really inconvenient for people who are not, I don't, I don't even know the proper term, like normally mobile. I don't, I don't know how to refer to it, but you start to realize exactly how difficult it can be.
1: You start to realize just how important ramps are in front of buildings. Right. (laughs) Pete keeps saying, well, I'm going to get you one of those scooters and you're going to put your leg on the scooter and then you're going to scoot around. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) how would I even, how would I even navigate life with that i don't know i don't even know how i'm going to navigate life in the next couple of days like i guess i'll call an uber to get the uber driver to take me to the podiatrist (laughs) (laughs) which is a luxury to be able to afford an uber right i mean
0: oh yeah i mean to not have to find someone to call and
1: yeah and i think rather than feel sorry for myself you know i you know, I I should have kept the boot on longer, probably, in Paris. Although it did feel fine when I took it off. Uh, you know, instead, of, I'm I'm trying to take, I'm really trying to take notes as I live through all of this to understand what people go through, especially trying to find a diagnosis or getting someone to take them seriously about their pain, and oh, yeah. how how often they aren't taken seriously and aren't given a diagnosis, where the doctor is just like covering his bases and is like, oh. oh. Here's this medicine that I have a a contract with, or I don't know, oh yeah, and these are this is like two two, and I made a list yesterday of everything that I have not seen the doctor for in the last year. This is two of twelve things that are wrong,
0: right' because we live in a yeah in a place that kind of makes you pick,
1: yeah, so I'm gonna address these two first, and then we'll see where we are.
0: And those are like the biggest that are preventing normal functioning.
1: Yeah, exactly. The skin cancer, it can wait. That's right. For
0: now, I mean, we're going into fall. There's going to be less sun, so good. Yeah. So it has been an exciting several days for you.
1: And on top of that, there was a lockdown at my child's school. God, that's right. This has been, Mm
0: -hmm. that seems like it was a long time ago.
1: (laughs) I know. Oh, man.
0: That was just, what, Wednesday, Thursday of last week?
1: What day was it? Oh, God, I don't remember. I think it was the same day as the coffee. So I think it was... I don't remember. I had a couple people tell me that I was basically pranking them on Twitter. They were like, well, if, we, if it wasn't in the news, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, the oh next day God. there were two there were two mass shootings in less than twelve hours in Texas, and it was yesterday. It was in yesterday's news, <laughs> right? right?
0: Well, and stuff like that doesn't make the news as much anymore because because nothing happened. Thankfully, yeah. I mean, someone brought a gun, and that's where it ended. Was just like that. So that's not even worth covering because, right which is so beyond fucked up.
1: Oh yeah. And people were telling me that, I mean, most, most people were very, very lovely and, and sent encouraging words, thoughts and prayers, encouraging words about the whole situation and how awful it might, you know, it is awful for your. It's like the worst text message. You don't you don't ever want to get that text message from your kid. No. And God, no. Somebody was like, I went to that high school and we used to have rifle racks in the back of our car or pickup trucks. And we used to have knife fights and et cetera. And I was like, oh, stop. Just stop.
0: <laughs> we used to have knife fights?
1: Knife fights.
0: <laughs> Nothing will be any better, though, than the person who responded and basically said, Lita has no reason to feel traumatized because there are children in other countries who play soccer with human heads. <laughs> And it is worth mentioning that this person's Twitter profile indicated that they were a disciple of Christ. So it was a confusing series of tweets, I think.
1: It was a very confusing series of tweets. And that's when I lost them. I was just like, just go eat a hairy dick. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just, you know what?
0: There was no reason to apologize for that because that was just... (laughs) So ridiculous. I didn't know that people were thinking it was fake. Because there were I saw people in your mentions who either have children at that school or yeah. friends of their kids that go to that school.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so they, they or they saw it on the news. Yeah. And then it was on the news here, of course. What was really traumatizing for me about the whole situation is when when she told me about everything after. As it was going on, you know, she she at first thought I was a drill, and then she's like, "Well, you know we haven't ever had a drill, and uh my teacher doesn't know what to do, or not my teacher, the teacher in that classroom. right. Is that true to hog?
0: That is, yes, she's <laughs> going nuts, I'm like circling she's... my chair. Oh my God, come, just come up. Just come on, you little. Okay, that'll stop it. Sorry. Continue. The teacher in the classroom. You no,
1: know, she Lita was walking. I don't know if the, this happens in your high school, but can you go? Could you have gone off off campus to get lunch?
0: When I was in high school, yes.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Can God. she? She can. Yeah. I, I. I. You could not leave campus at my school. Oh, no, you could,
0: you could walk off campus to get lunch. You could get in someone's car and leave to go anywhere. For, as long as you were back in time, which thinking back is funny because it was such a small window that no one was driving safe because <laughs> no. you didn't have the time. You had to go. Right. Oh, man. No, Lexington's, the, the public schools here do not allow that.
1: Oh, they don't? No. Okay. Okay, so then you guys are living in, like, the tight quarters that i was living in like you were not allowed they had they had people like patrolling campus to make sure you didn't leave oh yeah yeah so lita was walking toward an exit to go to a a nearby hamburger joint when over the loudspeaker they announced we are on lockdown seek shelter in the nearest classroom immediately which she'd never heard before Right. So she turns around frantically looking for a room and she runs into a chemistry class. That's not hers. She doesn't know anybody in there. She doesn't know the teacher. And the teacher locks the door but doesn't know what to do at that point. And, and I want Lena to write about this, but I believe what happened is then the teacher was just like, well, I think what you're supposed to do is get under the, the counter or get behind it. Except that this countertop that they all ducked under was underneath, was right, was facing the open windows. Oh, yeah. Which is a huge no-no. And Lita was flipping out and texting me. And when she when she texted, I'm crouched underneath the counter. That's when I was like, oh, my God. This is this is a, a this is hap- like and then she said this is not a drill I just texted someone there someone with a gun in the school and that's when I'm like uh, uh, I started pacing I st- texting my mother texting Pete like that's when I got really real and then she f- like she finally wrote back that she was in a closet they had ushered she had basically suggested that they go to the closet because the teachers didn't know this except they got to the closet and the closet was opened into the next classroom and that classroom, the door was open
0: because the the classroom was empty.
1: Yeah. Uh. And so she knew to barricade that door and then they barricaded the other door and waited and waited and waited until they were let out. And she calls me and she, you can hear it in her voice that she is shaken to her core and she was not okay. And I was like, I'll come get you. And she's like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I'm like, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you.
0: So, I mean, they weren't continuing the day, were they?
1: Yeah. Well, those who stayed had a couple more periods. Um, but ha- like a 75% of the school went home.
0: I um, would think they would just call the day. That seems I ridiculous know. to me.
1: And they didn't send any information to the parents until um, the very, 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 very end, like when when kids would have been coming home. Um
0: So basically any kids that didn't text their parents or maybe they didn't bring their phone that day, their parents were totally in the dark,
1: totally in the dark. Wow. Unless they saw it on the news and the news broke before we were told anything. Right. Yeah. So they, uh, sent out a very carefully worded email at the very end of the day. And the other interesting thing about this is somebody saw the kid in the bathroom with the handgun and he didn't report it for over 3 hours. They emphasized in the email have a talk with your child and make sure that the urgency is of the utmost and that they're not going to get in trouble if they come in and they report this and so, so
0: this kid conceivably brought the weapon to sh- to show it off.
1: Um he, I don't believe I don't believe all all of the the details are fuzzy. Everybody has a different story that they're telling. We don't know the exact details, but I think the major one being told is that the other kids saw him pull it out of his pocket. Um, It wasn't a show off thing. Oh, and I believe he may have told authorities that he brought it to school because he was afraid of the violence that could happen to him walking home from school, from the bus in his neighborhood.
0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: But that, you know, had that happened and, every, like, and then over the weekend, I just, oh my Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs>
0: Yeah, two and yeah, 24 hours, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And a hurricane.
0: And a hurricane, yeah.
1: And a hurricane.
0: <laughs> There's been a lot in,
1: in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And um, you have maintained. Yeah, that's probably you're here. You're alive.
0: Accurate word, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, just life. I mean, there are not there have not been any significant like issues. It's just the the day-to-day. And I guess just the things so so Lexton is part-time at the public school. And as a result of like everything that triggered all of this two years ago with his adhd and like anxiety diagnosis he now and we talked about this i don't know many 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 episodes ago Mm -hmm. he has and will have through high school and into college if he decides to go it's called a 504 plan which is like accommodations so every year at at a minimum you meet one time with tons of people at the school so like The nurse, social worker, psychologist, assistant principal, the teachers, like this whole group of people come together to try and figure out what's changed and what you need to do. And it's always just I kind of feel like to a certain degree, you have to be a dick as a parent because and I don't necessarily blame blame the school system because I know that on their end, they're slammed. Right like There's tons of kids in every class. there's all this stuff. So things like this are additional work for them. But it's just the fact that, like accommodations are offered, but it always feels like you're getting just a, like a piece of it. like we'll we'll give you this little corner and hope that that works. And fortunately, because now it's tenth grade, I'm able to say, well, that's what we tried, and it clearly (laughs) didn't work, so we're not gonna do that again, and I don't care if it's extra work for you, really, because this is what needs to happen.
1: You're advocating for your child, and you have to advocate, and and, and even advocating for your child is seen as being a dick. Yeah, and it's just, it's always
0: weird because I feel like, you shouldn't, and I, I mean this is a weird comparison, but it's kind of like your, your old GI doctor, like you're the patient and they should be advocating for the patient. Not so you don't have to advocate for yourself, but you feel like they should be on your side. Mm-hmm. Just like I feel like everyone at the school should be on the side of the students. And it just always seems like that's not the case or you really have to push to get it to that point. Right. Because eventually, you know, he's 15, so I know when people are trying to blow smoke up my ass. Like, it's, it's very obvious. And I'm sure if it was first grade and we were having these meetings, I wouldn't really know what to expect. But I've been through enough school years to know that what you're suggesting or offering is bullshit. And it's really frustrating.
1: Especially that you have to do it. I mean, you're having to do this constantly, aren't you?
0: Yes. Yeah. And it, this year is going to be even more constant because last year was not effective. And they weren't effective and they weren't really holding up their end of things, which I mean, technically is illegal. Like they're legally obligated to do things. Right. So when they don't hold it up. It's, it's a problem. It could become a very big problem for them. I'm not. That's not my goal, but it needs to be a thing. And Heather and I see things slightly differently there, (laughs) which just creates an interesting dynamic. But I mean, and and I see her perspective. Basically, her perspective is they're all already really busy, and I don't want to be a dick. Like, no, I don't (laughs) either. But if the choice is be a dick so that Lexton is successful or don't be one and he fails, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be a dick. Yeah. I don't see it any other way.
1: I mean, and you, you've invested so much into his education so far already. Like there's so much that you've invested that it's like, you're not going back now.
0: Right. Right. No, no. It's like, If things were going really fantastic, I would back down. Like, clearly things are working. Let's try to back down a bit and see what happens. But that's not the case. So it's all of that in addition. And and there are a few people who are outstanding. It's not that everyone is just really passive. and doesn't care. But there's always one or two.
1: And that's, I mean, that's got to be so tiring. (laughs) Uh, you yeah. know, relentless and tiring and frustrating and uh, demoralizing, even.
0: It is, and I'm now realizing that I've reached this age, where I walked in and met the the new um, social worker at the school. I shook his hand, and in my head, I'm like, "Oh, it's a kid. He's so <laughs> young." I mean, he, I, it's probably, he's new, like he's probably fresh out of college and that's fine. I mean, I know everyone starts fresh out of college, but I've now reached a point where I see that as a, as a child.
1: Yeah. And that's just strange. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I remember like, what does a 40 year old teacher know about me as a sixteen-year-old, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. As it turns out, probably far more than you know the twenty-two-year-old or the twenty-five-year-old who is starting as your guidance counselor.
0: <laughs> right. It is. It is really weird. I think there are some advantages to having younger teachers and younger bodies in the school. Yeah. But it's a different advantage than having that teacher who's 45, if that teacher is good.
1: Right. I think that the older teacher... teachers who
0: have burned out, mm-hmm. there's no, you lose a lot of that connection. If they're good, they offer just a totally different perspective than that 24-year-old.
1: Well, they, all, they also offer their perspective of having dealt with a whole bunch of y'all, y'all's asses, right? right. Like, right. I've been doing this now for 20 years. I know. I know what to expect from you. You think that you're, you're fooling me by doing that? No, you're not fooling me. And here's how I'm going to get you to learn this, because right. I know how to get you to learn this. And um, but then, yeah, having being able to relate on a more um, age level is interesting as well.
0: Yeah, and I think both can work out really well, and I think both can go south pretty quickly. But yeah, it's weird. Because I think in my head, I can still remember being that age and thinking that everyone was so much older. (laughs) All the teachers, all the administrators, even like the young teachers, they were still much older than I was.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now I'm just
1: older than everybody. You're just like, oh my God, this little baby social worker.
0: (laughs) Oh, your first job. He was very good, though. I mean, it's not a a guidance counselor. That's weird, right?
1: It's a social worker. Oh, social worker.
0: Okay. Yeah, they just they have have everybody in the meeting. That's a big old big old meeting.
1: You know, social work is no fucking joke, and you have to want to do that shit. And it is expensive to get a degree in that, and then you get out, and then you got to like work your ass off to pay off those bills, and to like, man, you got to love that job. And people who do that job are really, some. usually, I just went off there.
0: <laughs> you, you did. I can relate. My dad was a social worker, so I, I get it.
1: Yeah, like my, my cousin's husband, uh, they just finished up all of his schooling for social work. And he loves helping younger disabled kids. And he's trying to find a good job doing that. And he's really good with those kids um but the jobs are few and far between and so he's doing everything that he possibly can like th- like th- three side jobs just to pay off you know all the loans and yeah some dedication
0: it's dedicated it's but it's such a backward system i mean the, the amount of red tape that my dad had to go through and he was in the same boat like loved the people that he was working with and loved the population but it was like most of the time is spent trying to navigate all of the all of the laws and regulations and all of these things while people just wait for help. Yeah. And he actually had someone tell him, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but basically, well, you shouldn't be doing this for the money. And my dad was like, No, I'm I'm not, but I also need to live. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not looking to make six figures, but you have to pay someone a living wage to do this. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, it's it sort of goes both ways. Uh, coming from like an influencer, in, in you understand this as somebody who who is a freelance. You know, freelancers don't get. I, you're just like, I can't, I know that you want to like, you want me to cut you a deal because I'm a freelancer or you want this turned around and you want this many revisions, even though in the contract it says you only get two. You know, you think that you can dig me around because I'm a, I'm a freelancer, but that does not pay my bills. Oh yeah. Me being lenient with everybody that I work with does not pay my bills. Me reviewing your hair care product does not pay my bill. Right. It, and conversely, me giving you a free ice cream cone to put on your social media account does not pay my bill. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I had someone from a company that has money to pay for things <laughs> approach me about writing and it was it was blog content and it was I, I don't remember the exact word count. I think it was they were substantial blogs, like 800 word blogs. And they were going to pay $75 a blog until you, you prove yourself is essentially oh. the logic. So yes. I responded and I just said, you know, and I was, I was very diplomatic about it, but I said, I've, I'm a professional writer. I've been proving myself for 10 years. I said, I don't need to prove myself to you. If you don't like my clips, then don't, don't approach me. But I put the example in the email that it's kind of like going to a new restaurant and asking for half off because that chef has never cooked for you before. Right. And you would never do that. And no chef or restaurant would ever agree to that. Right. But for some reason, people in certain fields, it's like it's okay to be undervalued. (sighs) And I am not saying that I am anything like a social worker by any means. But it is, it is weird, the positions that get taken advantage of.
1: Well, it's, it, it, yeah, it's about paying bills. It's about you should do it for the love of it. What? Right. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I, I do love it. But also, I mean, and that's, it's yeah. that attitude that that's why people burn out. Because they do really enjoy it. But eventually, it just doesn't work.
1: Oh yeah, they. I heard this story on NPR. I mean, it's like asking a doctor to do it because they love it, right? Right, um, right. There was a really interesting study that was done on uh, doctor turnover and productivity, and I forget where it was. And they hired medical assistants to, because um, the doctors were the, all, they had to do all this paperwork for each patient at the end and turn in by the end. that, you know all this. Like they were having to do, take basically do the work of like four people, and so they hired these medical assistants to come in and take off like a ton of that load, and their turnover rate went down from fifty percent to like oh, like thirteen percent. Oh wow! And they were like seventy five percent more productive, and just by ho- just by putting somebody in a position to go, I'm going to fill out the paperwork. Like that one little thing taken off their plate, they're just like, oh, I, I liked it. I like this job.
0: <laughs>
1: right. I'm that doing it for that the I love of it. The job that I wanted to do, that was the job
0: <laughs> that I was pursuing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: By that logic though, like you should do it because you like it. And there's a, there are a lot of people doing a lot of different jobs that they enjoy, but none of them are doing it only because they enjoy it. You, you still have to be able to live
1: i mean it would be amazing if you're independently wealthy and then you could just go do the job that you love right yeah however there's something in the earning of your earning of a living that is part of the satisfaction of doing a job i think
0: oh absolutely like being able yeah. to say i'm doing what i really enjoy and supporting myself by doing that yeah not entirely sure how we got here
1: i know i know (laughs) but related to that i've been having discussions with a, a lot of people in my life who um have kids a little a little bit older than lita who kids who are really smart and talented and skilled who are sort of have reached a point of inertia where they don't know exactly what to do with their lives. <laughs> and they're sort of like paralyzed. What I think would be great for a lot of these kids is to like have a mentor come along and say, sh- and show like, this is why it's so enjoyable at the end of the day to be tired from working your job. Like the satisfaction of getting, knowing that you did your job well and that you earned a paycheck and that you saved up for the car and you know, all of that there's a satisfaction And it nourishes your soul. And sometimes kids don't want to hear this from somebody they know necessarily.
0: (laughs) They definitely don't want to hear it from a parent. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. So kids, are these kids still in high school or are these like college age?
1: College age. Yeah. Where, I mean, a lot of kids really sort of get lost there too, because they want you to have your major set before you even begin college these days. Right. And, like when they asked Lena that in her, we had, when we had that little meeting with her guidance counselor and she was just like, okay, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, whoa whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. You're asking her as a freshman what she wants to do for a living after she graduates college. Are you, are you, what? <sighs> yep. And so they get, they get into college and they're just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Sure. Which I could, I could see being completely and utterly terrifying.
0: Oh, for sure. And I mean, we've kind of talked about like, they they don't just, it's not like, tell me about your interests. Tell me what you enjoy. It's what do you want to do? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a nurse? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to be a mechanic? Like, they want a specific answer rather than, what are some things you like? Well, here are some possible careers you could pursue. Yeah. You know, like you enjoy history and you enjoy... Music, so maybe you could do like musical theory like there's there's all these different things that are just not as clear-cut as they still want it to be exactly yeah really don't know if that musical theory is a good example it's just it came to <laughs> mind i don't know anything about musical theory so free to just jump all over me for that one
1: i mean, some kids probably will eat that up right some kids are like love the mathematics of musical theory but you, you talked to somebody like Marlo who's ripping the pages out of her theory book right. <laughs> no. Yeah, no,
0: you're not going to be able to sell her on that
1: no and, and before we end I did reach the unzen portion of the program sort of uh, with Marlo's homework one night her math homework because she was she was whimpering and I was like you gotta stop whimpering in order for me to watch these five different YouTube videos to try to figure the fuck out of whatever the fuck it is they're having you fucking do. What the fuck are they having you do? I do not, I could not wrap my head around it. It made no sense whatsoever. And the videos confused me even more. It's like the, the comments on the YouTube videos were like, what the fuck? You didn't even, that 10th place value? That right. was wrong, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> no, that's, it's so funny because when we were having- the, the five hundred and four meeting, Lexton's in chemistry, and the chemistry teacher was in there, and we're like, "Well, where? Like, you don't use it, a textbook. So, where are we getting the information?" he's like, "Well, you know, things now are very concept based, and there's not like definitions." What? And, and both with which I I've heard a lot in science, so it's it's not based so much on memorization. It's like connecting the concepts, which I think the theory behind it is really good, but both. And, and Heather is a nurse. Like, we're both capable human beings. And we both kind of looked at each other. And at the same time, we're like, yeah, but where do we look stuff up? Because we don't know how to do it. Like, that's a great idea. But we still need something. Even an electronic resource. It doesn't have to be a hard book. But, yeah. I mean, God.
1: I mean. And I I watched five different videos and got more and more confused. And like, she saw me getting confused and it made her panic even more And I, that made me even like less calm. (laughs) I was just like, done, done. Pete came home and looked at it and was like, why are they having her do this? (laughs)
0: Yep. The number of times I've seen things like that. I'm like, I can't, I don't understand the why. I don't understand the how I don't get any of it. But you're right. When you, when they can see that you don't get it, mm-hmm. then not only panic, but then I also think, at least for Lexton, there's this point where he's like, well, if they don't get it, then there's no way I'm going to get it. So <laughs> yep. might as well not try. Exactly. Yeah. But we're still chugging on.
1: Yeah, we're still chugging on. By the time this goes live, I will have seen the foot doctor.
0: And... The Gut
1: Whisperer? Yeah. Yeah. I all think right. so. All mm-hmm. kinds of answers. <laughs> hopefully. Tick two off the box. May hopefully be able to tick two off the box. Right. And, um, yeah. And we'll just sort of, they're a dart at the chart and go, which one do I attack next? Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Start checking them off. Within five yeah. years, maybe you'll get through all ten things. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, after the first two. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, if they put me in a in a solid cast, I don't know. I don't know. You could have people sign it. No.
0: Oh, come on. You can um, get one of those little scooters that Pete wants to get you? That didn't exist <laughs> when I broke my foot. I wish I had had one of those.
1: Oh. I don't know. I just, Yeah. I'm not. I'm less nauseated having talking, to, having having talked to you. So I'm okay. Oh, now. good.
0: Yeah, helps. Sometimes it helps just to get it all out there.
1: Yeah. W- word puke was what it word,
0: is. Yes, exactly. And if anyone out there has uh, anything to add, or has maybe been to a gut whisperer, mm-hmm. we would love to hear from you.
1: It's Cesar Milan and he. I'm gonna w- walk in and they're gonna shh. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> And poke my belly. Shh.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> but definitely... Do you even know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know the reference. You don't. Oh, my God. What is it from?
1: The Dog Whisperer? No. You've never seen The Dog Whisperer? Uh, is it
0: like a show?
1: I cannot believe we got to this part of the episode. You've got to go right now and watch a, a, an episode of The Dog Whisperer. It's Cesar Milan. He shushes the dogs. He do, he makes that noise. He actually and
0: shushes the dogs.
1: It's not a shush. It's a like he like makes a noise, and what the noise does is it distracts the dog from the the their um, bad behavior. Wow! And the, you have got to go. <laughs> so.
0: Oh no! Yeah, no, I have to.
1: Is a, it a lot Netflix of people. Or like a
0: YouTube? What's that? I
1: used to be on National Geographic. A lot of people take a lot of are, are very angry at his approach to things because. He he's, he he comes from the, like being the more alpha in the pack, okay. Um, and a lot of people don't use that theory of, with their dogs, and think it's cruel to their dogs. I'm not going to give an opinion about it.
0: Well, I will. I'll, that's, that's Cause I don't, I don't, because I not because I
1: already told you what you were doing wrong with your dog. It's <laughs> true,
0: and a lot of those things have helped.
1: I don't want any angry person saying, "I can't believe you would even talk about Caesar Milan." So yeah.
0: But I mean, if someone does want to yell at us for that, they can do that too.
1: They can. Yes. Yeah. They want to do that. And you can write us at stories at manicramblingscom And you can find us on line at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Patreon at manic ramblings. Yes. And until next time, Uh, I can't even joke about a lot of what we've talked about today, even though I'm laughing. No. Until next, until next time, let's all try to keep safe. Yes, I'm going to end with that. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff.